0: Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this generation. Well, my name is Josh Mann, and today, again, we have Sam Haywood from St. Paul's Castle Hill. How are we?
1: Fantastic. I'm so good. You ready to go? I'm ready. I'm just always ready to go now. Yeah, good. Any moment, let's go. Let's talk (laughs) about some idols.
0: Well, it's just us two in the studio. We had Ryan last. Well, Ben's here. I mean, he just gave you the look. Wow. Sorry, that hurts. The guy that presses the buttons is here, Benjamin <laughs> Trainer. Oh Ben, um, we love you. It is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Note <boy>. yourselves. <laughs> don't, don't don't aggravate <laughs> <laughs> He has all the power. <laughs> don't aggravate. Oh, he has all the power. Oh, this but, is good. That's uh, segue. That. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, yes, this episode we are talking about power, but, but before we get into it. Um, Sammy, why don't you give us an update about how God's been working your heart as a result of looking to idols, as a result of quiet times, mm. your prayer life? What's God been doing?
1: God's been doing a lot. I think uh, in our team, as we've been talking about this, God's been doing a lot in all of us. Going into this, we, we thought this would be a teaching series and we might struggle with one or two of these idols, but it's become increasingly apparent how much we idolize so many of these things. And I actually woke Speak up. Speak for yourself there. Oh, I will. I am speaking to myself. Uh, I woke up this morning just with a huge sense of peace. You know, I woke up feeling more free than I I have felt before. Just a sense of it's me and God. I'm I'm worshipping Him. I don't have so much insecurity or fear or doubt. Um, I don't feel like I'm constantly pushing and striving to build something for myself. And it's just made my relationship with God so much better, you know, cause as, as we've been talking, we're like, well, what God wants to do is take idols out of our hearts and restore proper worship to the temple, yeah. which is us. And the more idols that have been torn out of me, the more space there's been in my heart for, for me to worship Jesus. That's and awesome. It, it, it's been amazing.
0: And practically what, that, what, what does that look like in your life?
1: Yeah. I think it's looked a lot like having less agendas for things, you know, um, less agendas for my money. I get more joy in being generous, um, less agendas with ministry, uh, not doing it to build a name for myself, but, uh, doing it as a, as an act of worship so that I can build Jesus kingdom. It's so much more enjoyable and so much more freeing. And I think particularly control, you know, I feel out of control because we've given it over to God, <laughs> but there's a huge sense of peace that comes with that. Yeah, You know, this awareness of, okay, I did give it over to God and he's in control, which means I feel out of control because I'm not in control, he's in control. But even though I feel out of control because I haven't grabbed it for myself, I feel at peace. I'm okay with God being in control and I trust him.
0: That's awesome. That's yeah. good. And that's, that's so true. When we give up our control, it we are out of control. Yeah. Actually. And I think that's that sort of sums up, the, the mood of our team at the moment the mood mm. of uh, this ministry of God's been doing some crazy things but still we're like what is happening what's going on we feel mm. like we can't really put a finger on it because we're not in control mm. um, but personally for me yeah I'm just going to share because no please I can uh, I think most idols that we've looked at has just absolutely pierced my soul mm. um, but I think and I, I shared with this with you a couple of weeks ago I'm struggling to Change this conviction into action. Yeah, that's good. Um, mm. Each week I've been convicted. Each episode I've been convicted as we're presenting these ideas, presenting God's word to to our culture and to our community. But it's hard for me to put that into action. Mm. Um, and I think that's where I need to stop and reflect on my own heart and go to go to God in prayer and say, "You've, you've convicted me about all these things. Can you change my heart? Mm. You know, can I release these things so that my heart can be changed?" And I think that might be. Um, something that is is relevant to our whole generation our whole community um, there are, we know people are having awesome conversations and amazing um, yeah they're, they're talking a lot about this this series but is that changing to action is mm. that conviction changing hearts for me a couple of occasions yes but not as much as I would have liked and I think that's a a rebuke for myself to get back into God's word and mm. to let God transform my heart bef- instead of me trying to do it myself, if that makes sense.
1: It it does make sense. And that's where we spoke to our team. Well, that's where most people are. You know, the process of revival is conviction, repentance, renewal. And we're, we're convicted. We're like, okay, God, we're worshiping all of these things, but we can't experience refreshing or proper worship or renewal if we don't repent. Exactly. And so don't stick around in conviction without repenting exactly. because it's not fun for you and it's not fun for everybody. And Acts, I think, two says repent so that times of refreshing from the Lord will come. So good. And refreshing comes not after conviction. It comes after repentance. Yeah. So if you don't feel refreshed, repent, exactly, basically. Exactly. And if you
0: want to chat more about that, come see myself or Sam at a church or... Um, DM
1: us on Instagram. Yeah,
0: exactly. Just we're, we're really happy to talk about that because that's what's happening in our mm. lives. It's up in, in our hearts. Um. So let's get into the episode today. Mm. We're looking at the idol of power.
1: Power. power. We Such- wanted to play the Kanye song before the episode, but it's highly illegal, so we didn't Apparently. do it. Yeah, so our, our buttons guy, Ben, said it was illegal,
0: so we couldn't <laughs> do it. Oh, buttons, Ben. <laughs> so if you if you want to play power as you're listening to this, you know, get the effect that we wanted to give you, Yeah. but uh, we couldn't just have legalities. Clean, clean version.
1: Yeah, clean version. Yeah, not the explicit version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we're looking at the idol of power. Sammy, so, I mean, what, what is power?
1: Power, as defined by the dictionary, is the capacity or ability – to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. Okay. So it's a question of capacity. Yeah. So you can have power without wielding your power. It's the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events.
0: Yeah. So right now, Ben has the power or the capacity, sorry, to turn my mic off. Absolutely. But whether he chooses to wield that or not, is it? He's done it. It's Good gear. <laughs> <laughs> the power. That wasn't planned. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Whether he chooses to do it or not, which he did, um it's good.
1: is his is his decision. Yes.
0: So power is just the
1: capacity, capacity or ability. Doing. Yeah, okay. Yep. So to influence or um change events.
0: Yeah. Influence people.
1: Yep. Or
0: events on a on a global scale, right? Yep. Um, so we look at how the, how this plays out in our culture. Mm. We were sort of talking about this two ways: there's power on a grand scale, and then there's power in the ordinary sphere. So I want to start with power on the grand scale. What does what does that look like? If we look at into the world, how does the idol of power play out?
1: Yeah, uh, the interesting thing is uh, the manifestations of power shift in each generation. Um, so historically, power would come through people like Caesar. You know because they would have uh, a lot of land they'd have a lot of assets they'd have big armies and that is the ability or capacity to influence um, or change events the course of history Um, but as we have become a, a culture and a society that's become digitalized power has manifested in different ways and so our cultural icons of power are not people like Caesar. They're right. people like Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. Right, which is really interesting to think about because the most powerful public figures that we have at the moment, sure, they're people um, in politics like Donald Trump, but there are also people like Jeff Bezos who runs Amazon. They're people like um, Mark Zuckerberg who yeah. runs almost all of social media. <laughs> um, because He knows everything about you. Well, he he, sure, he's probably <laughs> not in his brain, but he he has access yes. to um everybody's data, and yep. that totally blew up because Mark didn't realize how much power he actually had. Yeah, all he did was create an app, right? Basically, he yeah he he connected the world and and collated the data of almost you know most people on the planet, um, and then all of that information is power because the old saying goes, knowledge. Is power is power, and Mark had all of the knowledge at his fingertips. Um, that's an inordinate amount of power yeah. to wield, um, and so he, people like Mark, um, have incredible amounts of power right now because they have the capacity or the ability to influence the behaviour of people, which is the definition of power. Yeah, right, and that led into the whole fake news movement. Um, because people with all the power to um, direct information to where they wanted it to go had the power to influence, which is a definition of power, um, people's decisions. Wow. Which is what Zuckerberg is currently getting smashed Getting smashed for, right? Over. Yeah. yeah. So you've had um, huge commissions and um, things like that with, with big tech guys because they have so much data and so little accountability. Well, yeah. There
2: are... Here's a stat. Wow. Really? Yeah. There are 2.41 billion monthly active users on Facebook as of June 30, 2019. Goodness. So that's about a third of the population. Wow. That's a few. If he wanted to, yeah.
0: he could access. Well, here's a better one.
2: There's that's... more than 2.1 billion people use Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, or Messenger every day Ugh. on average.
0: Wow! So he's collating all this information on mm-hmm. 2.1 billion people every single day. It's a lot of power. He's the capacity to
1: wield his power beyond belief. Yeah. So there's power on a grand scale. Um, you've also got powerful movements and brands. So you've got um, movements like Black Lives Matter, yeah. which, is, which was an incredibly powerful movement. And we've seen other movements of that type. Um, kind of crop up over the last few years and yeah. they've been driven by social media yeah as well so it shows you the power of um I don't want to say politics communities coming together though. communities coming together um being based or on the foundation of the power behind social media yeah um so that's that's led to huge social movements um that that can crop up really quickly and influence really really quickly yeah.
0: isn't it it's. I was just thinking just then. We we talked about Black Lives Matter and there's other movements like the LGBTQI sort of movement that yep. is that has a lot of power in our generation. Yeah. It's interesting. It's kind of sad that the church isn't there.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know why? As the church, not just St Paul's Castle Hill, mm. but the church worldwide. Yeah. Do we see the church as having power? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, and I think if you were to think about it. Power is defined by the capacity or ability to influence, right? So the church has power, yeah, right? Because the church has God. God has the capacity or the ability to change the course of history in a moment. Um, however, we've relinquished our authority on earth because, say, for example, let's take sexuality, right? How, how, how is the church able to speak with authority into an area that they're entertained by? Yeah, Right. So, how could the church speak about pornography if the church is just as addicted to pornography as As the world? world. Um, How could the church speak to marriage if the church has just as many broken marriages as the world? Right. And what's happened is the church has tried, but the world's cried hypocrisy, which is fair. Yeah. The church has lost its distinctive
0: holiness, which means set apart. Yes. And then. That is why it no, we feel it like no longer has power.
1: Yeah, and that's why holiness is so important because the more that you'll like the world, the less you have to offer the world. Yeah, wow. Well. Oh, I'm playing <laughs> drums live in the studio. <laughs> Hope you're liking that. Josh is on keys. <laughs> you're thought- keys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we'd bring you a little, uh, a little live music today. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I've been practicing in my spare time.
0: Yeah, it is. F sharp. <laughs> F sharp.
1: We're just going to take a little break from our yeah. episode on power to uh, flex a little bit in our musical skills. I thought you were wrapping him up for a terrible joke. <laughs> no. So,
0: apparently Ben has an amazing story for us. Oh, you've talked it up. Oh, you've talked no, it up. No, I just up. think
2: that um, there's a lot of um, funny tech stories that don't get told. Hey, good. Um, is that a podcast when it sells? No, probably not. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> But there is a lot of funny tech stories. Yeah, okay. I'm on the tech team at church, and a lot of funny things happened to us. And um, a good memory was in 2015. The theme was let me just bring this a bit down here. Nice. And, uh, in 2015, <laughs> um, the theme for camp was let's get ridiculous. Nice. And so the pastor wanted so relevant. I know it's very relevant for <laughs> yeah. the time. so
0: youth. The youth loved relevance. Yeah,
2: yeah, big time. And then the pastor wanted part of the set design. Let's get ridiculous. And this big thing at the moment was projection mapping. So you. And so I thought, oh, like, let's get the letters, cut them out in big styrofoam. We'll map onto them. It'll look great. And it was okay. Drilled all those letters in, put them up, good to go. Lighting test, sound test, done right before everyone walks in. Um, my wife now, uh, not at the time, walks in the room.
0: Were you courting at the time? Yeah, I was.
2: And then she walks <laughs> in the room and uh, she goes, what's wrong with the S? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's upside down. Oh, oh you like, hate to see it. What are you a joke. No one had noticed that we put this like three foot S up on the wall <laughs> upside down. You know, you could say that's ridiculous. Uh, uh, and it was terrible. <laughs> and it was way too late to change it. Damn oh, we didn't um, change it. So the hot note, we left it for the whole camp. <laughs> so if you go back pack 2015 and go look at Let's Get Ridiculous photos, the S, in, the S in Let's, sorry, is backwards. A backwards
1: S. Yeah. A backwards Some S. Way. That is an amazing story. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Outrageous. Nice. That's ridiculous. Well, well thank you for we sharing. Could, we could call the
0: segment, <laughs> It's Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing tech stories that never got aired. Similar, <laughs> similar to Crossfire videos that never happened. Oh, uh, it's
2: another segment for another day. Yeah, that's good. a good day.
0: So, so that is power on a grand scale. Yep. Yeah. Um, with a little
1: segue into into, into the church. church, yeah, we're going to come back to that. Yeah, we will.
0: But hold that thought, because that's that's awesome, and that, that could be a whole series. Have Holiness. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Well, <laughs> maybe it fu- will be funny. You should
0: say that. There's a conference coming up. Yeah, register. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's power in the ordinary sphere, yes. you know, power in our everyday lives, and it's power that we see every single day. Uh, for example, like you, go, I go to work, I go to school, and there's people I report to. Straight away, they have power over me. They have the capacity to influence my work life, Mm -hmm. how I act at school, how I behave uh, in in a certain context. They have their power over me.
1: Yeah. And we'll define that as positional power. Yeah. So in terms of a hierarchy um, of a power dynamic, your manager has power over you. Um, and your CEO has power over everybody, and the board has power over the CEO, and so yep. there's positional senses of power that exist in all of our experiences yep. of it, life.
0: On the sporting field, there's the captain, there's the umpire, yep. all positions of power, right? In in ministry, yep, you know, there's a whole ministry team here at St Paul's Castle Hill. There's different levels of power in that in that team, absolutely. Um, and I think that's why we crave power so much because mm. we see the people above us and we see the influence they have, and we want that.
1: Yeah, because we, abs- we ascribe worth to power. We think that, oh, because they have power, they, are, they have more worth, they have more value, they have more meaning than the people beneath them, Yeah, which is not true at all, because under God there is no Jew, nor Gentile, slave, nor flea, nor free, male, nor female. <laughs> There's, There's, no 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 flea. <laughs> There's no fleas. There's no fleas. Like the cross is the great equalizer of people. Yeah. Particularly when it comes to power dynamics, yeah. There's God, and then there's people. Yeah. Um. So we see we see power in our
0: organizations in our sporting teams mm-hmm. in our uh in in every sort of organization around the world, whether it's at university or at work or at sporting. Um. But also there's power in relationships. Yeah. Uh, so me and my wife, our in our relationship, hopefully it is a power balance, yeah. Yeah. which I believe it is, and Beck yeah. would say the same, but there are relationships where there's a power imbalance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got alpha males in groups um, where, <laughs> and, and stuff like that, which, I mean, even if you don't agree that that's a good or a bad thing, it's a reality that there are power dynamics in every social group um, because it's natural for people to, to want power yeah. in a way. And so every single one of us has an experience of placing ourselves on some kind of rung of power in every place, you know. We think, oh, okay, that guy's top dog, he's here, you know, this guy's below me. And we act, the way that we socially interact is so based on this power dynamic.
0: Yeah. So it permeates into absolutely every facet of our lives. Yeah. Everywhere we go, we're probably... Whether it's consciously or subconsciously thinking about power, mm. thinking about where you where you sit, as you said, on that rung. Yeah. Are you top dog? Are you alpha in your group, or are you down the bottom, or you're somewhere in the middle? Mm. And we tr- obviously we try and do things to try and get there,
1: climb the ladder of try- power.
0: Yeah. So, power we've sort of fleshed out what power is mm. and how, what it looks like briefly in our world. The fact that it's literally everywhere, in every way, everywhere you go but how do we identify it as an actual idol? Because we know power exists. We may have power, we may not have power in certain situations, but how do we actually identify it as an idol?
1: It's a really good question. It's one that might be initially a little bit harder to identify because it's a deep idol. you know. And there are a number of deep idols that we've spoken about. Approval is a deep idol. And what we mean by deep idol is, it's an idol that exists really um, underneath the surface and it can have different manifestations for different people. Um, So take power, for example. Um, There's a really helpful story that, Josh, you can probably remember better than me about how this deep idol affected a guy who became a Christian.
0: Yeah, so there's a guy called, I think his name was James. This is taken out of Counterfeit Gods, a book by Tim Keller. Amazing, the Protestant Pope. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Amazing, amazing Amen. book. If you want to read more about idols, please read Counterfeit Gods. Uh, it's on page 111. If you play at home, Josh
1: has an amazing memory.
0: <laughs> but basically, uh, this guy called James. Now he was a he was a sex addict. Yeah. The reason why he was addicted to sex was obviously for pleasure, but secondly because it enabled him to exercise his power mm. over his the the girls he would sleep with. Yeah. And so every sexual experience he had that fulfilled his need for power. He was able to to exercise his need for power in sex.
1: And he felt like because these women were choosing to sleep with him that he was powerful. Yes,
0: exactly. And then for whatever reason he came to church or or someone was speaking to him about Christ and about the gospel and the Holy Spirit impacted his life and he gave his life to Christ. Amazing story of a guy who was a sex addict coming to Christ and he was like, you know what? God has transformed my heart so much. God has transformed my life so much. I'm going to go into ministry. Mm. And so he went to a Bible college or a seminary in the States, uh, trained up, and then he was a leader of a church. He went into ministry. And this idol of power, although he had become a Christian, although his heart had been transformed and softened for Christ, it exercised its, uh, he exercised his need for power in a different way. And uh, Tim Keller goes on and talks about how he tried to manipulate people inside the church in that hierarchical um, rung of power in, mm. in in his church to exercise his need for power.
1: Yeah. So it, it the same deep idol was there the whole time. Yeah. And it just took a different manifestation. Yeah. And it, it took a manifestation that was culturally appropriate, Yeah. which is really interesting in the church because sometimes, you know, um, you have people become Christians and suddenly it's not appropriate, particularly socially um, to go and sleep around with a whole bunch of people, but it is appropriate to wield your power as a youth leader. Exactly. Right. People go power crazy at youth because um, it's, it's sometimes it's the first moment that they've been given authority over other people. And they like to let everybody know that they have authority over other people. Um, And, that idol maybe has been there for a really long time
0: yeah exactly so in that way it can become a sanctified idol yes saying that it is, is in the church and we don't really notice it because it looks looks good it looks like uh, like you said at youth when people exercise their power over their students or over their their fellow leaders mm-hmm. it looks like they're doing their job yeah which they probably are but in essence they're idolizing that sense of control mm. that sense of power or influence over someone else
1: yeah so how do we know that we're idolizing control we we kind of came up with a couple of different um metrics for figuring this out this broke us let me tell you oh my goodness Josh and I were like yeah yeah yeah, fine 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 and then Michelle read this to us who who researched um power for us thank you Michelle she asked us this question um do you have a longing for recognition to the degree where it hurts if somebody takes acknowledgement for your win? <laughs> so say, for example, uh, you do something in the workplace or something at university and you work really hard on it and somebody else takes the credit. Does it crush you?
0: Mm. It would have crushed me.
1: <laughs> and it does. It, it really It really does because so often we do things so that we can prove to people that we are smarter than everybody else, um, better than everybody else. That we're we're influential. We're influential, that we have power. And when somebody else takes the credit for something, we feel powerless in that situation. We feel like, oh, man, now they look like the top dog and I look like the bottom dog. Exactly. Or even if there's someone
0: in a similar position – to you in a different company or in a different sphere Mm -hmm. and they are more successful. Yes. How does that make you feel?
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. We have just touched on one of the biggest problems in the church in Australia, right? (laughs) Because, um, here's my experience. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, it's real talk. Um, there isn't a lot of celebration, of other people's wins in the church, particularly in Sydney, Um, because there's so much insecurity in leadership where if somebody else uh, preaches a sermon and a whole bunch of people get saved, um, when you hear that, it doesn't feel like it was good news. It feels like it was bad news. Well, how could that possibly be bad news? Well, because that person's success has highlighted your inadequacy at least that's what you're telling yourself. And instead of wanting to see people win, you want to see people lose because when people lose it makes you look better. Yeah. It's one of the greatest lies of the enemy. Seeing people lose doesn't make you look better. Yeah. <laughs> it 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 hurts everybody and everybody loses. Um but seeing people win shouldn't make us feel insecure and yet it does. Yeah. So I uh, was I moved to the city to, to pastor a church and um, around the same time uh, there were a number of other people who planted churches and their churches did a lot better than our church right and every time we saw something on social media about the growth of their church, the success of their church um, it, it it was crushing. We didn't celebrate with them um, it highlighted, how much we idolized power because it hurt and I think it was a it was a deep um, window into my own soul that whenever somebody else won, I didn't feel like I was winning with them yeah I felt like I had lost as if it was a competition and uh, I think that if you feel like that as a leader and if you feel like that as as a person you know um, in any sphere because that manifests itself out in so many ways. The answer to not feeling like that again and actually being able to celebrate um, and when you go on social media, seeing everybody else's wins should actually elevate you and not make you feel FOMO. And all of this stuff has to do with power. And the only way to enjoy other people's wins is to kill the idol of power. Power. Exactly. And it happens at Crossfire, our youth
0: ministry. um, When when I was leading at Crossfire, as I said, I've I've talked about the gray that I led uh, numerous times, but when other grades had wins and they were dominating and, you know, more people were coming in their grade, I felt a sense of, you know, shame and that was unsuccessful because mine wasn't as, my grade wasn't as good as their grade. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it in hindsight, it was because I was idolizing that the sense of control and power and wanting power and influence over my grade when other grades were having it. And Hmm. right now I'm just like, it all makes sense now. (laughs) It all makes sense because
1: the idol of of power is telling you when you succeed, hey, good job. You deserve that win. You're pretty amazing. You're pretty powerful. Everybody likes you. You're the smartest. You're the most talented. You're the best. Everybody wants to follow you. Women want to be with you and men want to be you, right? And it elevates our pride. But that's so fickle because the moment that somebody else succeeds, the idol will tell you, but they have more power than you. Yeah, They're more talented than you. They're more pretty than you. They're yeah. more handsome than you, um, blah, 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 blah. And it makes us feel insecure and insignificant because we feel powerless, Yeah, which is what leads to people um, going home and kicking their cat <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, because that's a <laughs> that's
0: It's a, a hard segue. Exactly. A really obscure, really obscure way of saying that power happens in spheres. Yes. And what we mean by that is if you have no control or no power in one sphere, yep. you will try and be domineering in another. Oh, this is deep. This is good. Okay. And flesh e- it out. Example of this, right? Pretty funny example of this, sporting field, playing AFL. La- well, I wasn't playing AFL last week because my finger, rip. Um, anyway, I was on the sideline. I was doing the interchange bench and there was a person on the other team started just absolutely having a go at one of our teammates and ended up just punch started to punch him and just being really physical, mm. completely off the ball, completely random. And our teammate turned to him and he said, <laughs> he said, this, this is fire. He said, "What?" happens in your life Monday to Friday that makes you so angry on a Saturday. And it was just, it was just a one-off line that the guy on our team just thought of and it was, it was hilarious, right? Anyway, game went on. This guy was still being aggravated, still be getting angry. And then it came to the end of the game. They were shaking hands. And the guy who was getting really angry came up to my teammate and shook his hand and goes, I'm so sorry, mate. You really just touched a nerve. I had a terrible week. Oh,
1: the poor guy!
0: You know, maybe oh, he didn't tell exactly what happened, but possibly at work, his his boss was giving, giving given it, it to it him. He may have lost his job, and so he came to footy on Saturday, and he just wanted to be the man. He wanted to be domineering. He wanted to exercise his power. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to so many of us, and it's so true that when we feel out of control and when we have a lack of power in one sphere, we will try and be
1: domineering in another because we crave that power absolutely and let's to highlight this point further talk about a couple of examples um, often kids who are being abused by their parents and have a huge sense of powerlessness at home feel unsafe at home insecure at home are um, the ones who uh, kill animals like kick cats you know <laughs> stuff like that yeah. and it's or, big- or they or they come to school and they're the bully or oh, they're the bully at yeah. school because they're powerless at home. Yeah. Um, the the power has been dominated over them at home. And A, it's what they've been taught about how to how to get power is to be intimidating. Um, but it's also because they have no power at home, no safety at home, and so they come to school and they think, This is a place where I can take power for myself. Um we see that happen a lot with the stories behind um, school shootings. You look into the lives of these kids who go to these, who do these atrocious things, um, and a lot of the times these these kids have just been totally smashed. Mm. You know, bullied. They feel so powerless um, out in their normal life that they they want so desperately to take power back for themselves that they get a gun. Yeah. And when you're holding a gun, you have more power than everybody else in the room and suddenly people are listening to you and suddenly people are afraid of you it's a horrible thing but that's what this leads to yeah
0: and all this to say that this idol is breaking the world yeah it's breaking humanity mm. when people don't feel like they have power they will exercise it in a domineering way that leads to death that leads to ridiculous crimes and and criminal acts and it's breaking the world in a really trivial sense at work possibly or in the extreme sense, as you said, with the school shootings. yeah, Idolatry of power is breaking the world. But there is hope.
1: Exactly. And we want to talk about the gospel. Exactly. Because it is so counter-cultural when it comes to power. Yeah. Um, It's um, it's actually
0: unbelievable how counter-cultural the gospel is when it comes to power. Because a guy, there was a dude who did a study of a thousand influential people of all time. A thousand figures in that have ever existed. And the number one Im, most influential person who have who has ever stepped foot on this earth was Jesus Christ. Mm. By a country mile, it was Jesus Christ. And this was a secular study. Mm. And they said that Jesus Christ is the most was and is the most influential person who has ever stepped foot on earth. And what
1: did Jesus do? Did he wield his power? Absolutely not. No. It's so interesting to think about because as we've talked about, power is the capacity or ability to influence behavior or change the course of events. Um, Jesus had more power and has more power than anybody ever. He's God. He can click his fingers and make anything happen at any moment. And, in some instances, Jesus wielded his power like that. Mm. He stopped storms. Yeah. He fed multitudes of people with just a couple of loaves of, and fish. He healed the sick. He, he um, gave sight to the blind. Lame people walked. Jesus had incredible power. But Jesus um, never wielded his positional power. Jesus had influence. Because instead of wielding his power to prove to people that he was powerful, Jesus laid down his power and served people. To the point where when Jesus was on the cross, people were mocking him and saying, if you really are the king of the Jews, or in another word, um, if you really do have so much power, why don't you just get off the cross right now? Now, he could have done that. Jesus said, don't you know that I could bring legions of angels to my aid right mm. now? And yet he doesn't. Why? For the joy that was set before him, he yeah. endured the cross and despised the shame. What was the shame? The shame was having so much power and yet not wielding it. Yeah. And instead of wielding it, dying the most shameful death known to humankind at that point, which was the humiliation of a cross, a Roman cross. And so, what happened is Jesus showed the world what it looks like to have all of the power and yet when it counted, lay it down in order to serve and love people. And what happened was as a result of that, Jesus has become the most influential person in human history. Over a billion people call themselves Christians and have given their lives to Christ at this point in history. So it's undeniable that um, positional power is not the best type of power, that God is totally other than, that God is totally, um, his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts, that God so loved the world that he would be willing to do that to serve people and
0: because of that because of that we can read these words in two corinthians and we can believe it as Mm. true my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness Mm. when i am weak i am strong my power is made perfect in weakness that is the complete opposite of what our world is saying absolutely a world is saying when you are weak, you need to go and find and dominate someone somewhere else so you, you can feel strong. Yeah. What Jesus is saying, or Paul in this case, is when you are weak, then you're actually strong because mm-hmm. you're relying on God, the God who has all the power.
1: Yeah. And think of the weakness of the cross. You know, think of the humiliation of the cross. And Jesus has told us, take up your cross yeah. and follow me. What does that mean? It means. We should constantly be looking for opportunities to lay down our right to wield power and take up servant heartedness and go into the places that are beneath us, quote unquote, and just love and serve people because that's what Jesus has done. And that is what Jesus is calling us to do. And that kind of power, the power of God, which is humility, changes the world. Yeah. Exactly. And if you find yourself in a position of power, you need to understand
0: that it's not because of your goodness. It's not as be- not because you're good at whatever you're doing. Mm. It's because of God's unmerited favor towards you. Yeah. And if we ever find ourselves in a position of power, we need to realize that it's not because of us. It's because of God. Yeah. So in everything, whether you are at school, whether you're at uni, whether you're at work, in ministry, at teaching, or in, at working in a bank or working as a lawyer – We need to understand that being a Christian means to take up our cross and follow Jesus and that is to lay down your power for when you are weak, you are strong because we're relying on God who has all the power in the universe. So thank you so much for listening today, guys. But remember, renewal in our generation must start with a renewal of our hearts.